everybody. This is Hondo Carpenter with another edition of the Las Vegas Raiders Insider Podcast. It is so terrific to be with you today. Happy Friday. Now, listen, we are just a couple days away, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, four days away from being live in San Antonio with all of you. Make sure that you go to Facebook, find the San Antonio chapter of the Black Hole. Sign up, or you can go to my social media. I tweeted it out yesterday. I Instagrammed it out. I put it on our Facebook page, the Las Vegas Raiders Insider Pod, uh, Las Vegas Raiders. Um, let me give you the exact name of our Facebook page. It's Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation, Las Vegas Raiders Insider. You can find it, and uh, but make sure you're checking it out. Again, it is Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation, Las Vegas Raiders Insider. That's our Facebook page. Go there, like the page. <clears throat> we put all the information. Zero cost to you. Zero. Nada. And uh, But go, and it's going to be, it starts at 6, it ends at 7.30. It's an hour and a half of straight Raider talk. I'm going to answer your questions about the team. We're going to let you talk and ask things about, maybe things that um, I, I maybe wouldn't write about, but maybe, or haven't written about it. You have a question about, we're going to talk about that. We're going to, I'm sure we're going to talk a lot of draft free agents all kinds of stuff. Make sure you get there. It's going to be a great time. Go to the, it's 100% free. And you got to take care of your drinks or your food or whatever you want, but but make sure you're there. It's going to be a great time. The leader of the Black Hole leadership team there in San Antonio are just some top-notch human beings, just great people, super, super good people. And I look forward to coming. Now, several of you <clears throat> have asked me, would you come to our city to do a meetup? We've had people from Australia. We've had people from New Zealand, um, people from Argentina, people from England, um, almost all of the 50 states. We had some people from Virginia and Iowa. And I, I can't even remember. Those are just recently. <clears throat> but from all over the country, yes, we will come. And it's 100% free to have me come to have a Raider <clears throat> meeting or talk with you. Got to have a certain amount of people committed to come because if we're going to invest the money to come, <clears throat> there needs to be enough people there to justify the expense. But we would love to come see you. And it's just a night of Raider talk. It's an hour and a half of Raider talk, and it's a lot of fun. And uh, appreciate all of you. Look forward to it, and it's going to be great. Now, I also want to take a quick second before we get started and just let you know that you people have a lot of really good options to be your Raiders beat writer and you choose me. You don't have to. And I just want to personally take a quick moment and let you guys know, we pray for you every day. We thank God for you every day. We are growing exponentially. And it's, I, I am well aware. It's not because of me. It's because of you guys. And I just, you know, want to take a time every week or so and just say, thank you um, to let you know that I appreciate you. And, you know, you're subscribing and liking and sharing and commenting and <clears throat> all of that is really super cool. Even those of you that are haters, I love and appreciate y'all and pray for you and, and pray that God's absolute best for your life. So thank you for, for joining us. We appreciate it. Now, we got a lot to cover today. And, and by the way, we have some surprises coming. I think you're going to really like as far as the podcast go. We're going to have a, a guy on the prod, podcast who is a very much a potential draft pick. Um, you may remember last year we had Clyde Jacancy on, and I knew the Raiders really liked him um, a lot. 
Uh, this is a guy that's um, not a day one guy, but he's a guy that's flying under the radar of a lot of fans, but he has the interest of multiple NFL teams, including the Raiders. Um, so we're going to be talking to him. Really looking forward to talking to him. Got another very special podcast coming. Now, I've promised you a deep dive article that's going to be three articles long. Um, I thought it was going to come the end of January, but we are trying to get the most information that we can for you. It's going to be a really positive one. I think some of the last deep dives, I wouldn't have called them negative at all, but it took you behind the scenes and, and maybe showed you some things that weren't necessarily always positive. Now, I didn't think they were negative in the least, but some did. I didn't. These are going to be super positive. These are ones that I think are going to you're you're going to thoroughly enjoy. I think everybody connected in Raider Nation, including Mark Davis, is going to learn a couple things. Good. And um, I, I cannot wait to share them with you. So I'm going to give you the timelines. I had a lot of people asking. Because of my traveling for some of the meetups, I don't know that I'm going to be able to finish them next week. So what I can tell you is, let me grab my calendar right here. What I can tell you is that I would expect them to start. No later. Well, let's just say this. I, I Then we go into the combine and all of our coverage is going to be combine related. So I would anticipate probably right now, sometime after the combine, um, but you're going to thoroughly enjoy them. Uh, they're going to be, you can't miss because you're going to learn a lot about your Raiders, um, both your Raiders today and in, 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 in a little bit. Uh, we'll just leave it there. I don't want to say too much, but just want you to know, I appreciate you asking. I know that you all enjoy them and it's going to be good. Now, I have another thing I want to start doing, and I'm not going to do it every day. But I'll probably do it three or four days. At least that's my hope. Um, now watch if I don't do it three or four one week. Yeah, okay. I'm going to try. Um, but it's I do a weekly question and answer article. But I'm thinking about maybe just because I get so many every day. One at once a day, just picking one email and reading it for you. Uh, a question. So this comes in from one of our faithful listeners, Hodari. And uh, I don't know where Hodari's from. Now, if it's Hadari or Hodari, I don't mean that to be disrespectful. Um, so if I pronounce it wrong, forgive me. But this guy's been a terrific listener for a long time. Get a lot of really good quality emails from him. Read it. He said, um, just listen to your latest episode regarding the draft. So I believe this would have been yesterday's podcast. And I have a couple of questions based on a word I hate the most, assumption. But Ari, I know that I would like you because I hate assumption too. Because you know what happens when you assume you make an ass of you and me. And I do it enough on my own. I don't need your help, Hodari. Here we go, buddy. It says, let's say that the Raiders feel that Daniels is a generational QB. And I agree that trading to number one is the only way to get, way to guarantee that they get him. Is it out of the realm of possibility that the Raiders could then trade back to two to recoup some draft capital. Would the commanders ever have interest 
in, in that in participating in that, I really have no uh, clue how ruthless the draft is. Okay, no, they would not. And let me explain why. If I am the commanders and I'm sitting at two, and I believe the commanders would be thrilled to get Caleb or Jaden. I have reason to believe that, so I'm just going to leave it there. Why would they move if they would like either one? Why would they give up draft capital? Now, if you don't understand Hodari's question, you didn't see yesterday's podcast, I talked about if the Raiders only think one of the three quarterbacks, now let's say maybe they think there's four. Let's say that there's that that the 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 organization let's use JJ McCarthy. So let's say the organization says, "Hey, we like Drake, we like Caleb, we like Jaden, and we like JJ." Okay. Or let's say they only like one. Let's say that the Raiders only like Jaden Daniels. And I'm speaking hypothetically again, but I believe based upon personal relationships that AP has with Jaden. I think at this point, and I can tell you again, no decision has been made yet. I want to make sure that everybody hears that. You're hearing a lot of speculation, and that's fine. There's nothing wrong with speculating and analyzing. That's 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 good journalism. But I'm telling you, the Raiders have yet to make a definitive decision on anybody. I'm just going to put that out there. I take that back. I think there's some people they've made definitive decisions against negatively. But in referring to those top quarterbacks, I don't believe any definitive decision has been made. Okay. And I have reason to believe that. So I talked about if you're the Raiders and let's say you only like one of the three. Well, I don't believe Washington's going to move. I think they're going to stay put at two. I don't believe Chicago has, matter of fact, let me, let me rephrase this. I know Chicago has, as of the this taping, not yet made a final decision. I know from people who I know in the organization, I know some people in the organization who have told me they want to stick with fields. Trade down, pick up even more picks. But that the people who've told me that are not the final decision makers. So what I've been told is no decision's been made as of yet. So if they were to give up number one, somebody would have to weigh overpay. So let's look at what a potential cost would be. You may remember in 2021, the 49ers um, above the general manager level really wanted Trey Lance. I do not believe, I reported it at the time, and I'm going to say it now, I don't believe that that was John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan's uh, idea. I have reason to believe that. They really wanted Trey Lance. So they moved from 12 to 3, and here's what they gave up. They gave up... Um, oh, man, I lost it. They gave up three number ones and a two. Okay? So here is my question to you. So the Raiders would give up number 13, 
number one in 25, number one in 26, and a two this year to move up to three. Now, I was told the price would be a little bit higher than that. So uh, that's the, it would be a little bit higher than that. So then you then have a decision to make. What if you only like one guy? Well, then you can't move to three. Now, I believe Jaden Daniels is not going to get past number two. And because, remember, you were hypothetically using him as for this example, I think hypothetically based on some, some at least evidentiary um, um, critical thinking. I mean, he was in the locker room for game 18, and you know he, he's very close to Antonio. So we're, I'm using him hypothetically, but it is critical thinking. If you've if he's one, now I don't think Jaden's going to get past two. Based on what I'm hearing today, I don't think he gets past two. So if you want Jaden, you got to go to one. So the cost is even going to be higher. It's going to probably be the three ones for sure, and it could be as much as three ones and three twos. Me. If it was three ones and a two to go from 12 to 13, going from 13 to one, I'm that that is what I was told this morning, is that if somebody was guessing what the cost would be to move up there now, three ones, three twos, if you're the Raiders. Now, let's keep moving here for a minute. If you're the Raiders... You either go to one or you don't make a move. Because what happens if you get up to three and your guy's not there? You're screwed. Now, if you think three guys are generational, then you go to three because it's cheaper. And you sit there and make a salmon. Just wait. All right, whoever we get, we get. If you think there's four, you go to four. So... What I would say to you is this. You analyze what the cost would be and then decide, is it worth going up? So let's say you go up to one. Well, if you're Washington, Hodari, and, and you like both, no, I'm not paying you. You're the one that just overpaid. This is why you hear me say you can't approach the draft in fear. You have to, you, but you also can't approach the draft with bravado. You got to know that's your guy. Because if you're wrong, if Telesco and AP move up and they're wrong, they're out. They're not going to be here very long. Now, if Mark Davis said, this is the guy I want, go get him, then that buys them time. But if they go to him and say, this is the guy we want, and they're wrong. Imagine, now we know that Mark Davis has given them the green light to do whatever they got to do to improve this team. And I'm going to tell you, as a Raider fan, you do not know how blessed you are. There are a lot of owners. No. You're fortunate. And I'm not kissing Mark's rear. I've been critical of him when I think he deserves it. I don't think he deserves it here at all. But if Mark says, okay, whatever guys you think, go get them. And you're wrong. 
and somebody else in that top three pans out, yo, see ya. You are the weakest link. Goodbye. I mean, done. So that's why it's in, you can't approach it with fear, but you can't approach it with bravado. You got to know that you know. And if there is any uncertainty, you don't move. If there is any uncertainty, you don't at all move. Now, in a minute, I'm going to talk about something else I, I learned yesterday, but I want to I want to finish this train of thought on quarterback. So you got to know what you're doing and then make a decision. So now the process is you don't move to one right now until you've made a decision on the others. But as the draft gets closer, the price of poker goes up. I mentioned this in yesterday's podcast. The Raiders knew what the cost last year was to move to one, two, and three. And they could have moved. I know that for a fact. I was told that uh, just, I was told that at the combine and right after the combine by people within the Raider organization that they had called, they had known the cost, and they thought it was just way too steep to go to one or two. So you can't make that decision. Because the more guys that you feel are there, or or let's say it's not even that. Let's say that they just think there's another player that they that they can't miss. So they got four people they don't care. As long as they get one of the four, they're happy. Then you only have to go to four. But the longer it takes to make that decision, the cost goes up. Or maybe Chicago makes a decision. Yeah, we're going with Caleb no matter what. We're going to ship Justin off to Atlanta or somewhere else. And no, we're not trading. And then you have the commanders. No, we're not trading. Then you got the Patriots who are in a little bit of flux. There's been such a vacuum of leadership that I'm told by people, I don't think anybody there right now knows what they want to do. So that's up in question. So a lot going on there. Hodari, I thought that was a great email. Thank you for it. Going to start doing that. Remember, if you ever have a question for me, got to include your name. Got to include your name, but you can email me Spartan Nation Mail, M-A-I-L at yahoo.com. Thanks, everybody. Okay, so now I want to get moving a little bit. You may remember I told you uh, that I 100% supported the Raiders not taking Jalen Carter, and it was not that he wasn't talented. In fact, I told you at the time. And I've told you numerous times later, multiple people in the league told me they thought he was the most talented player in the draft. Just physical, God-given talent. But there were a lot of red flags with him. Some people knew about, some people didn't know about, but a lot of red flags. And a lot of teams said, no, he isn't on our draft board. Now, you may remember he was dropping. And his agent got on the phone, there was reports of this, and basically convinced the Eagles, you got to take him. Because they knew if he got past the Eagles, he was going to exponentially drop. And so he comes in and he starts to have a great year. And he did. People, this was so stupid. Relax. Well, There's no um, – boy, I want to pick the right word. 
we are in a society innocent till proven guilty. Okay. But now there's this report with Jalen Carter alleged death threats with the 49ers, uh, Feliciano. And we know now that that's being investigated. He could be 100% innocent. And I'm not going to get into the report, but uh, certainly looks like there's something substantive there, but there's nothing of which um, guilt at all. It's just alleged. But the point of the matter is, is, is it's just, this is just what you see with Jalen Carter. And again, there were a lot of things that weren't public that red flags. And I hope that this is not true. But the problem is, is when you look at a lot of red flags and then something like this happens, it's just another reason to think, mm, maybe, maybe they made the right decision. Again, I hope it's not true. I'm not saying that it is. I'm just saying it's out there being reported that it's alleged now. And those are just some of those things that you want to keep in the back of your mind of what goes into a decision process. I, I, I'll go back to C.J. Stroud last year. There was no character concerns with him at all. None. Anybody that that in in that knew C.J. Stroud, um, and I, not friends with him at all, but knew him from my previous before I'd covered the Raiders covering college football. Um, knew him, great kid. And then some teams begin to knock him because of an alleged very low score on an aptitude test, which is just stupid. Stupid. Just stupid. We'll leave it there. But there was never a character issue with CJ. Kid's got one of the highest characters that's come out in college football in decades. It's a great kid. Great kid. And so when you are investing first round capital, it is so so valuable. Uh, I heard a, a general manager tell me one time that first and second round draft choices are literally gold. Gold. He said first round draft choices are gold layered in diamonds and second round draft choices are gold. You've got to hit on those. That's why moving to one, if it's three ones and three twos, you you will set your listen. I've said this before. A franchise quarterback, a generational quarterback, is worth their weight and gold. You don't even think about them. If you're sitting here today and you're Tom Telesco and Antonio Pearson, you say Jaden Daniels is our next Ken Stabler. He's our next Patrick Mahomes. He's our next Peyton Manning, Andrew Luck. Three ones, three twos, done. But you better be sure. Because you set your franchise back exponentially. Exponentially. You cripple. Now, 49ers got away with it because they stole Brock Purdy. Thanks to Lynch and Shanahan being smarter than the people above them that wanted him to pick Trey, Shanahan, Trey Lance. Now, 
please hear what I'm saying. If they go get somebody, let's say they go get Caleb Williams and he's an utter failure. And you all know, I've told you, I'm hearing from multiple NFL people who I trust as proven quarterback drafters. They're not believers in Caleb Williams at all. There are a lot of teams that are. But the ones that I trust that are telling me, mm, we wouldn't pick him in that top, too, too expensive. But let's say that you go get him and he fails. Or Jaden Daniels or Drake May or J.J. McCarthy, whomever. I'm not picking on Caleb. I When I watch him, the kid's talent jumps off the page for me. But my opinion doesn't matter. I'm listening to the people that I trust. I think the kid's phenomenal when I watch his physical skills. But let's say they fail. But... Aiden Lucano keeps rising and he bails them out. Well, then, then you're okay with it, which is what happened with Brock Purdy. That's why I'm saying, though, what if they make the mistake and Aiden doesn't become what a lot of people think Aiden might be? You're out. So that's why it's super important. And that's why in the draft process, it's not just physical talent. I mean, when you bring a guy to Vegas, now I'm going to say this because I think Vegas gets a crappy reputation. I love my city. And yeah, I'm not from here, but you know what I mean. I love it. I've not got busted with hookers and blow. I've not got a DUI. You can come to this town and it is a great place to live. It's a great place to raise a family. Are there things here that can get people in trouble? Sure. But guess what? There's things in every city that can get people in trouble. So don't blame Vegas. Oh, now, blame Vegas? This is a great city. This is a wonderful place to live. Yeah, but Hondo, there, there's illicit activity in Vegas. There's illicit activity everywhere, Karen. Give me a break. Give me a break. You can find trouble anywhere. It's a great city. G-R-E-A-T. Great city. I would challenge some of you that are concerned that the only thing in Vegas is trouble to come here. And email me before you come and I'll give you a week's itinerary of awesome stuff that you will love and have a great time. It's great food. It's great. There's just so much great stuff to do here. And living here, awesome. So don't blame the city. But you still want to know about people. Is there a, a character issue? And you're going to want to do that whether you're in Green Bay. There's stuff you can do in Green Bay to get in trouble. Or Vegas. And that's why I brought up that thing about Jalen. Just, again, it's alleged. But with all of the smoke, and he didn't get through a rookie year without that happening, it just it just, it, it lends people. And I, I, it just lends people to probably made a pretty good decision. And I found out about that from an NFL guy who I talked about Jalen last year with, and he just kind of dropped it to me. He goes, hey, I don't know if you saw this. So I wanted to bring it up to you. Now, 
I mentioned to you about, and and, and I'm gonna, this is all Raiders, but I, I need to address this because I think it's super important. And it is going to relate to the Raiders. The 49ers, I said to you after the Super Bowl, I, I actually didn't say it on this podcast. I said it on a national radio interview. I, one of the most difficult things about winning is learning to win. Um, Tom Izzo, the Hall of Fame basketball coach at Michigan State, great friend of mine, love Tom dearly. He told me once the hardest part is you get a lot of kids that go to Michigan State that are all Americans, but they have to learn how to win when they, they knew how to win in high school, but it ain't high school. You're in the Big Ten every night. You're banging and, 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 and going at it. And they got to learn how to win. And he talked about that's one of the hardest things of building a champion is teaching and them learning how to win. Okay. So San Francisco, I said this on the national show, but it's going to be Raider related. So please stick with me. I'm not taking a bunny trail here. I said on a national show after the Super Bowl, if the 49ers stick with Purdy, don't panic. I expect them to be back in the Super Bowl next year because they got up there. Because remember, I had watched the Pistons try to beat the Celtics and the Lakers. And then I watched the Bulls with Michael Jordan try to break through with the Pistons. There's a learning process. Each time you lose, though, you're learning what you need to do. I said, but if they didn't panic. Well, they panicked yesterday. Steve Wilkes, their defensive coordinator, who did a great job. Did a great job. Are there some things in the Super Bowl you can look at? Probably should have maybe done that a little bit different. I, I don't know that you can say that definitively. I think you could say, I mean, I think there were some turnovers by the offense that hurt their defense and put them in a bad spot. But he did a great job with that defense. That was a super good defense. They fire him. Shanahan ain't going to fire himself, and he's got to have somebody to blame. I think that. And now I'm hearing they may hire Brandon Staley to be their defensive coordinator. Sometimes covering the NFL, it's really hard to keep a straight face, but you do it anyway. Okay, so here's where I'm going with this. The Raiders are beginning a new regime with Antonio Pierce. How many times this year did, did the Raiders lose and then – Someone said, well, it's over. It's over. AP sucks. He's not getting the job. Well, he did. Why? Because they played it through. That's why you judge seasons at the end of the year and not in the middle of the year. Don't do that. Okay? The Raiders go and get shut out, and you're like, wow, this was really, really bad. Bam! Next week, 60-plus points. They end up finishing five and four. AP keeps the job. And so you have to understand there's going to be a winning process with the Raiders. There's, going to, there's all of the new staff. There's going to be a winning process with the Raiders, and you have to afford them that opportunity for that growth. You don't panic. You let them Learn how to win. This franchise has not been a winner in 20 years, and its motto is just win, baby. So they got to win that. Okay, the next step, get in the playoffs. Next step, win a playoff game. Next step, then begin to compete for an AFC championship and a chance to go to the Super Bowl. 
It's a winning process. You don't want to be part of the panic. Now, let's talk about um, the draft. Uh, I got another email here. Let me grab it. From Curtis R. Curtis R. says, Hondo, I have a question for you. I was li recently listening to another report talking about uh, do you think Getsy drafts the biggest position of need or does he take best player available? From Curtis. Great email. Thanks, Curtis. Great question. I'm going to go in a little bit different direction. I had an NFL general manager talk to me about this once because I asked him, is your philosophy best player available? Do you go position of need? And he said, it's best position available. I mean, best player available at a position of need. I thought that was pretty, pretty telling. So, I mean, if you're the Raiders and – we know that they've been looking at some defensive ends. It doesn't mean, someone asked me, does that mean they've given up on Coons? No. But if you've got a guy that you think's a world-breaking DE, maybe you think you can slide him inside. But you got Malcolm playing great. You got Max. Some of it's just kicking the tires and making sure Okay, what if we can't trade and everybody we want is gone and we love this guy? Do you reach and take a guy that you have much lower because it's a position of need and you can't trade out? Or do you say, no, listen, we really need this position, but our next guy is way down the board. We think we can get him with our next pick. So we're going to take this guy. It's very fascinating how all that goes. So I think you look for the best player available <clears throat> at a position of need. Thanks for that email, Curtis. Now, I want to get into um, trading up or down. This is a very vital part of what I wanted to get into you with. I have heard from four teams that I'm talking to that they think the Raiders have a, a, a sweet spot in this draft. There's going to be as many as four quarterbacks go at 13 or higher. As many as. Now, as of right now, February, whatever today is, I think it's, I don't even know. I, th I think today's the 16th. I have no idea. It's Friday. 16th. Um, as of today, the Raiders um, are in a, a spot where if four quarterbacks go before them, that means there's nine players left. And there are a bunch of offensive linemen. There's a, there's a bunch of corners. You got a lot more than nine players with a grade higher than 13. Follow me. So if you're the Raiders, and let's say there are two guys that you really, really like, and you just can't, but, but you're not sure enough to trade to number one. 
Okay. What about trade down to 22 or 24 or wherever? I'm just making a number up. Accumulate that pick and maybe a two and a three. And know you're still going to get, this is going to be um, an interesting draft. Or do you stay at 13 where you know you're going to get a quality offensive or not? Okay. You don't know. Cause we don't necessarily know how the draft pulls out, but it's good. But there are a lot, there's some really high quality offensive linemen in this draft or a great corner. Terry and Arnold, Kool-Aid, McKinstry, either one of those guys from Alabama would be great, great gets. There's just a lot of things. So you have the thing is, do we stay where we know? If the Raiders stay at 13, they're going to get a quality player very worthy of that spot. If they say the cost to move up is too high or we don't see a generational player or a generational player we can get. Or do they then trade back and say, let's get some even more picks, fill some more needs, and keep moving? Now, last thing I'll address is when you look at veteran players, okay, and you would say it's a veteran player you really like. Now, remember I told you before, Hank Bulla, who was a great friend of mine, was the inventor of the actual draft board. He was a coach of the Buffalo Bills. He invented it. And most people are not aware the, that NFL teams not only have a, a college scouting department, they have a pro personnel scouting department. They're constantly scouting everyone's roster. So when Tom Telesco walks in his office, he knows every guy of every NFL team and a grade on them. So he can go and say, listen, we need a, we've got a veteran player here that we really like. But his grade is the same grade as this guy coming in in the draft. And a draft player we're going to have on a four-year deal, which is cheap. And we got a chance to develop them, and they're the same. And he's cheaper than this veteran. Let the veteran go. Why do, you, why do I say that? So a lot of people believe the Raiders should have given Jermaine Illuminor longer than a one-year deal last year. Okay? and But the Raiders' thought process was, yeah, but Jermaine costs more than Thayer. So let's hope Thayer can win the job. And then if we only have Jermaine on a one-year deal, we can let him go. Okay, well, Thayer didn't win that job. Played well, though. Give that kid a lot of credit, but Thayer's on a cheap deal right now. So if there's someone else that they can get in the job, then this is no slam on Jermaine, who I think gets a rough deal from Raider fans. Rough deal. I've said it before. I, I, I'm stunned at times at the way Jermaine just gets blown up by Raider fans. I think he played very well. And Antonio Pierce loves Jermaine Illuminor. But if you've got a chance to let Jermaine go because of his cost and bring in another guy that you think is equally good but a lot cheaper and, oh, by the way, he's on a four-year deal, that's that's the NFL, baby. 
That's the way it works. That's the way it rolls. That's the way it is. And so you're constantly looking at who can I get in cheaper and on an already on a longer term deal? Or can I go trade? Or can I go sign a free agent? And that's all the process right now that goes into putting that roster together. It's evaluating. And Tom Telesco and his staff, uh, and, and I'm going to tell you this, by the way. I keep telling you this, but it's pretty cool. I've heard multiple people tell me that one thing that has really impressed Tom Telesco is he has dove into it and still finding balance to be dad. So I've heard not one ill word. And I would, I would, I don't know that I would tell you, but I wouldn't tell you this if I had. I'd not heard one ill word. And people have been very impressed. He is thoroughly going through the race Raiders roster. He is talking to coaches, getting evaluations. I had one person say the other day, it's the most they've ever seen a coach general manager interact with each other in a long time. And it's somebody that's been in the Raiders a while. So I thought that was pretty impressive. Now, lastly, later today, now, depending on when you listen to this, coming up at noon, we're going to be talking to Luke Getze, the new offensive coordinator on a Zoom call. And um, one of the things that I, I really want to talk to him about is I want to learn his philosophy. Um, I don't. I. I. I'm trying to think how I want to word this. I know in Chicago he was told what to do. I want to learn what's your philosophy. What do you see the Raider offense as looking at? Do you like play action? Is it a run base, but where the run sets up the pass? What, what's your philosophy of an offense? I can't wait to disseminate that to you to talk to you about it. It's going to be fantastic. So stick with us we got a lot of good stuff going on. I hope I brought you some good information. I answered a couple of emails today. Again, have a great weekend. Enjoy yourself. First weekend without football, so we're all going to go through withdrawal. But I appreciate you. I'm grateful for you. You matter to me. You matter to Shannon. You matter to our family. In fact, uh, I was just with... Uh, one of my sons, Noah, yesterday, and and uh, I do, I was just talking about you know Raiders and and people. I appreciate all of you guys. You're wonderful people, and if nobody else tells you today that you matter, and I'm sure that's not going to be the case for 99% of you, you do to me, and you do to my family. So be safe. Have a great weekend. We'll see you back here tomorrow, of course, because we do a podcast every single day. Because there's so much Raider talk to talk about. So much great stuff going on in Raider Nation. You've got every reason to be jacked up, fired up, and filled up. I hope that you have a wonderful day. I hope you get to do something fun today. I do. Go do something fun or do something fun this weekend. And remember, tell the people in your life that they matter to you and you love them. Bye, everybody. Oh, follow me on Instagram at HondoSR and on X, formerly known as Twitter, at Hondo Carpenter. Bye, everybody. God bless you. This has been a Las Vegas Raiders Insider production on the Fans First Sports Network. Whoa.